3: Breaking now, what
4: we're learning about the new charges from President Donald Trump is now facing. A man is accused of creating a homemade explosive device and then bringing it to this Holly Springs gas station. He's now facing a weapons of mass destruction charge, and we were there for his first court appearance.
3: A federal judge has thrown out part of Bull Bird Dog's sentencing six years after he pleaded guilty to deserting his post in Afghanistan.
5: It looks like he won, but really he could wind up in a worse situation the way this plays out. So what's next for his legal defense
3: A heat
2: advisory issued. I'll show you county by county who could see dangerous, deadly heat and for how long.
0: But we start with that breaking news here at 7 o'clock. Former President Donald Trump facing new federal criminal charges tonight in the Justice Department's classified document investigation. Thank you for joining us. I'm Dan Haggerty.
1: And I'm Ashley Rowe. A- additional allegations of obstruction and willful retention of national defense information were added to the indictment today. This is in connection to accusations that he hid classified documents at his Florida estate, Mar-a-Lago.
0: WRL's Mark Boyle is tracking this breaking development in the Live Center. Also, Mark, a big development, another defense has been named here.
1: A maintenance worker
4: there at Mar-a-Lago, Dan, that's the new information and also allegations uh, that they attempted to delete the data and surveillance video from that property. This is the headline right here, Trump facing additional charges in the Mar-a-Lago documents case. On your screen, video from that property and what we know right now at 7 o'clock. The charges allege that Trump was part of a scheme to delete surveillance footage and that the newly charged defendant here, that maintenance worker we mentioned, also uh, told another employee that the quote boss wanted the server deleted the trump campaign saying all of this is not reality on your screen this is the quote and the statement from the trump campaign it says this is nothing more than a continued desperate and flailing attempt by the biden crime family and their department of justice to harass president trump and those around him continue reaction from both sides here in the live center as we get it tonight as this case continues to develop oh yeah more
0: developments to come i'm sure mark thank you
1: Federal officials could get involved in the case of a man accused of having an explosive device in his car at a Sheets gas station. Norman Bray faces charges including possession of a weapon of mass destruction. He appeared in court for the first time late this afternoon. WREL's Brett Nice was in the courtroom joining us live now. Brett, now investigators are trying to figure out why he had that device with him in the first place.
4: Ashley, that's right. But what they do know is he was acting suspiciously before they were called to the sheets here behind me on Avon Ferry Road around 5 p.m. yesterday. But once they found that explosive device, the situation became even more serious. Appearing remotely, 50-year-old Norman Bray went before a Wake County judge for the first time this afternoon.
3: Sir, you're in court today for a first appearance. You've been charged with two felonies that each carry up to 59 months in prison. One felony that carries up to 24 months, and a misdemeanor that carries up to 120 days.
4: This is Bray's Toyota 4Runner, where Holly Springs Police say they found an explosive device. Police arrested Bray and blocked off the parking lot of the sheets and evacuated the store. In court, prosecutors asked the judge to increase his bond because of how serious the situation was.
3: We well, think that $200,000 would more appropriate. Uh, um, essentially, a bomb was discovered
0: uh, in the vehicle that um, the... Raleigh bomb squad had to come um, defuse.
4: The judge left the bond at $120,000. I asked police why the Raleigh bomb squad was called in. They tell me it was out of an abundance of caution since the Holly Springs Police Department does not have any officers with that type of training. Police also tell me the ATF could get involved with this case because of the nature of the device Bray created. The tense situation yesterday played out over the course of about five hours before this scene finally cleared. Fortunately, nobody was hurt. Bray is due back in court on August 15th. Ashley.
1: Oh, thank you for the update. Brittany live in Holly
4: Springs.
0: We are pressing investigators tonight for any clues in the search for a Moore County woman after her disappearance. New video we can tell you from Charlotte now shows police searching the home of Alicia Watts's boyfriend, James Dunmore. We still don't know what authorities found, if anything, or if Dunmore is even a suspect or a person of interest in Watts' disappearance. We do know Watts was last seen on July 26th. Officers found Dunmore later unresponsive in her SUV in Anson County two days later. Tonight, Nightdale Police investigating a death near the CVS in Nightdale. The WRL breaking news tracker was on the scene. This is North Smithfield Road. Several agencies on the scene as well, including a forensics team. We're asking uh, about the circumstances, of course, surrounding this death. Police do not believe there is any threat to the community.
1: Taking a live look now at Dix Park. It's a beautiful early evening. Uh, This month, the pictures don't show what we are feeling, right? It's on track to be the planet's hottest on record. Here's proof. It could feel like 108 degrees by tomorrow. That's why a heat advisory is going into effect. Meteorologist Kat Campbell is in the WRAL Severe Weather Center tracking who could
2: see the most intense heat. Kat, It's going to be intense everywhere in central North Carolina tomorrow, and that's why a heat advisory was issued. This is from noon to 7 o'clock. Here is why. Temperatures could reach the upper 90s and the heat index up to 108 in the Triangle, Rocky Mount and Fayetteville, 105 in Roxboro. Believe it or not, it could be even hotter on Saturday. We're forecasting 109 for the heat index in both Raleigh, Fayetteville and even Rocky Mount. It's going to be a hot weekend. We do have rising storm chances, though, and I'll have a closer look at that coming up in just a few minutes. OK, Kat, thank you.
0: The U.S. soldier who pleaded guilty to desertion in Afghanistan was given a dishonorable discharge, and now has new legal life. WRL Fayetteville reporter Gilbert Bays covered the court-martial of Sergeant Bo Bergdahl and has more on why a judge threw out part of that sentence.
3: Well, Sergeant Bo Bergdahl was never stationed here at Fort Liberty, which was Fort Bragg during the time of his court-martial. He was a member of the 25th Infantry Division in Alaska when his unit went to Afghanistan. That's where he deserted his post and was given a dishonorable discharge. But now, a federal judge has thrown out that sentence. In 2009, Sergeant Bo Burdog deserted his post in Afghanistan and was captured by the Taliban. He was held prisoner for five years before a controversial prison exchange set him free. His sentence under a court-martial plea deal included a dishonorable discharge from the army, but no prison time. President Trump at the time blasted the sentence. A dirty, rotten traitor. But a federal judge says there was a potential for conflict of interest by Colonel Jeffrey Nance, the judge who presided over the case. During the trial, Nance did not disclose that he had applied for a job as an immigration judge under the Trump administration.
5: So theoretically, someone could look at that and think that the judge might issue a sentence that was beneficial to himself in getting that job.
3: In a 63-page ruling on Tuesday, U.S. District Court Judge Reggie Walton wiped away the sentence, giving Bergdog's defense team new legal life.
5: Now there is no guilty plea. There is no conviction. There is no dishonorable discharge.
3: But there is risk if the case heads back to court.
5: Because if he goes back to before he entered a plea, everything's still on the table.
3: Including prison time?
5: Including prison time.
3: In a statement, Burdahl's defense attorney said, Our legal team is digesting the judge's ruling to determine our path moving forward. Tuesday was a good day for Bo Burdon. Tuesday was a good day for the rule of law. So what's next? The prosecution could take Bo Burdock back to court, the defense could ask for another sentencing hearing, or both sides could simply just do nothing at all. At Fort Liberty, Gilbert Bay's WREL News. We are told the prosecutors
0: now have 60 days to respond to the judge's order. The defense says it is waiting on that response before planning their next legal steps.
1: WRAL viewers have stepped up to support a relief fund for victims of the Rocky Mount tornado. In the last 24 hours, the United Way's Twin County Tornado Relief Fund went from $25,000 raised to nearly 50 but organizers say they still need more support the united way set up the twin counties tornado relief fund but they say they've only raised less than 10 percent of the money they need to start taking applications if you'd like to help find more information on our website wrel.com.
0: we've experienced some poor air quality multiple times in the last few months from wildfires now some children and researchers are teaming up developing a homemade filter that can purify the air for much cheaper than the ones you would find at the store A look at the concept and why federal officials are taking a closer look too, next. Welcome back. And let's go in-depth for a moment and start with an email that I got after Tuesday's in-depth segment about the bonus for UNC System President Peter Hans. Jesse wrote and said, so sick of Dan's extremely liberal rants. The segment that we did on Hans, who gets paid with taxpayer dollars, focused on his bonus, which was bigger than his paycheck. He makes $425,000 a year and got a $475,000 bonus. We also discussed the growing pay gap between CEOs and the average Joe Jesse continued saying I think the usual liberal approach which you aggressively exhibited this evening for someone doing well yes making big money for performing well in a very competitive profession position corporate in instructional or otherwise is nothing more than class stereotyping pitting one against another. This is great feedback, Jesse. I do encourage criticism of the media, so thank you. But to be fair, I did spend most of the story explaining why he was given a large bonus. I even interviewed our state government editor who also explained in detail why he was given such a large bonus. Hans met all the big metrics in his contract, and his contract is actually built to reward that performance, unlike his predecessors who had a much bigger base salary. But that said, the story really wasn't about one man or his salary or his bonus. It was about all of us. You see, I cover stories the way I do because I want to empower you with the full picture. You know, Hans runs a huge school system, and while the metrics in his contract may help him to get paid, they don't encompass the entire story. And at the end of the day, you pay him. So you should have as much perspective as possible. That's why I mentioned this headline. When some members of the Board of Governors, Hans's bosses, criticized UNC's free tuition plan for families making less than $80,000 a year. Now, to be fair, they were mostly upset about the program being announced without consulting them first. But regardless, let's think about that number for a minute. Free tuition for families making less than $80,000 a year. Keep in mind... The median household income in North Carolina is less than fifty-seven thousand. So, if you make eighty grand, twenty-three thousand dollars more—a forty percent increase from the family, the median family income here—UNC still thinks you need massive help just to attend a public university. UNC Chapel Hill trustee Mary Codis said, "I think this is an opportunity to have a good discussion about the costs of attending college." Here are some numbers published this year by the Education Data Initiative, looking at how the cost of college has changed over our lives. For public universities, the cost in 1980 was $738 a year. You adjust that for inflation, $2,444 in today's dollars. In 2020, the average cost for one year at a public university was $9,349. That means a four-year degree quadrupled in price just in my lifetime and that's just for classes by the way uh, there's a lot of more stuff that you have to buy when you go to school you know that I mean let's look at UNC specifically according to the Department of Education for the 2020-2021 school year the average cost before aid was more than twenty four thousand dollars nine grand for tuition and nearly sixteen thousand for everything else the books and the on-campus room and board and that sort of stuff the average cost after aid was still more than 13,000 a year. So look, even with financial aid, that's 53 grand to go to UNC and get a diploma. And without aid, it's $99,000 for a four-year degree. And keep this in mind, generally, that cutoff for aid is a family making over hundred and ten thousand dollars a year. So think about that. Question for you, families at home, anybody making, you know, collectively your whole family brings in about a hundred and ten grand before taxes. If you have a few kids, how easy has it been to save up that two or $300,000 for their college? And these are in-state numbers. If you're one of our viewers from Virginia, if you live out of state, double it. Jesse ended their email saying this. So why not more aggressively or at least occasionally take the approach that a commitment to hard work and commitment for self and family and others is not always bad? Jesse, wh- when is it bad? I mean, I couldn't agree with that more. I know how many of you at home believe that same thing and live that way, which is why you deserve a news segment that gives you the full picture. Not to sway you. I give you more credit than that. But to empower you, to strengthen your opinions and your resolve. Send me your questions. Give me your feedback. Email dan at wral.com. Tell me what is on your mind, and we will go in-depth.
1: And, oh, by the way, when you do send an email to dan at wral.com, the email goes to Dan. Yeah. Dan's the one seeing it. I
0: read them, even the not-so-nice ones.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, a, a DIY filter could help protect your family from that dangerous air quality from the Canadian wildfires. WRAL climate change reporter Liz McLaughlin shows us how outdoor air quality can impact the air we breathe indoors, too, and what you can do about it on The Cheap.
6: Believe it or not, a team of fifth graders built the air filter behind me, you can see it in a testing chamber, and it made a 13-hour journey here to the Environmental Protection Agency's research lab, where it's undergoing testing.
2: I'm feeling really excited, really happy.
6: Ten-year-old Inola Shokumbi had an idea for a project to help her classmates in Middletown, Connecticut. We're going to make something that can take out dangerous viruses. She made a do-it-yourself air purifier, dubbed Owl Force One, as an experiment to improve student attendance and enlisted the help of researchers at the University of Connecticut to study its effectiveness. The device is made of a box fan, Merv 13 air filters you might find in your AC unit and duct tape. So we have
1: um, dozens of schools that have these air filters and we have been monitoring how well they work, but we've never been able to test one out in a controlled laboratory environment.
6: That's when it caught the attention of EPA scientists, who agreed to test it in their 3,000 cubic square foot chamber. And we're able to test them in a more realistic way that represents more closely how they would be used in the real world. Scientists say initial results are promising. If the device is effective at filtering out particles such as viruses and wildfire smoke, it could be a more accessible option than expensive off-the-shelf purifiers. The DIY device only takes about sixty dollars and thirty minutes to make. I want to be a person that helps the world and changes it for the better. Pushing the research of a simple design with good intentions and they're testing this homemade filter design against other DIY models and even other air filters on the market. That testing should take a couple of weeks with the results publicly available after that. But you can already look online and find some of these DIY designs. If there's a poor air quality day here locally and you can't find one at the store or just want to save some money and craft your own. In Research Triangle Park, I'm Liz McLaughlin, WREL News. How about that 10-year-old kid with
1: the EPA? That's amazing. Hey, the heat is going to be brutal over the next few days. Kat was talking about it a few minutes ago. People can find relief at cooling stations in Wake County. The county's Health and Human Services Centers and regional centers are open again tomorrow from 8.30 a.m. until 5.15 p.m. Public libraries will also be open through Sunday during normal business hours. Let's get back to Kat with those uh, hot temperatures. We're going to be needing to find somewhere to stay cool.
2: I think a lot of people are going to be heading to the pool. But look at these numbers by 8 AM tomorrow morning. It is already going to be 80 degrees. It's just going to be a hot day from start to finish. By 8 o'clock tomorrow evening, it's still 88 degrees. We're forecasting 98 for the high. That should happen around 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And by noon, we may already be up to 93 degrees at lunchtime. So it is really going to be a hot day out there tomorrow. Only about a 20% chance that you would see a shower or storm to cool you down. We're up to 99 on Saturday with a 30% storm chance. 96 on Sunday with a chance for a few hit or miss storms as well. These are going to be pretty typical summertime storms over the weekend, but let's take a closer look here on future tomorrow. We don't have any fronts or anything that would really help to trigger those showers or storms to form in the first place. It would just be the hot, humid air that could spark something very isolated on the radar. As we get into Saturday, though, we're going to be watching this front dropping in from the north a bit closer to us. This is not a cold front that's necessarily going to pass through on Saturday, but it may help to develop some showers and storms to our north, and some of those could try to move into our area a little bit later on Saturday evening. So we're going to keep an eye on that potential for you. There is some potential that this front gets a little closer to us on Sunday, and with that being the case, we may need to bump up storm chances. We just don't yet have high resolution model data available, so once we get that in tomorrow, we'll give you an updated look at your weekend forecast, hopefully to help you plan around any rain. But you know, you may want the rain to help cool you down. What we don't want is the severe weather, and given that it's just going to be so hot and humid, that acts as energy in the atmosphere. So any storms that develop and move in Saturday, mainly in our northern counties, could be severe. It's what we see this time of year. Any of those storms could have some damaging wind gusts. But the WREL live camera network showing sunshine at this hour. It's hot out there at the DBAP, but a lot of people out there tonight, 92 in Durham, Raleigh, and Fayetteville, 92 across the board there. So let's look ahead to next week. Once we get past the hot, humid conditions of the weekend with a few storms, we have better weather inside. At least the heat is backing off a bit. Even our low temperatures this weekend only fall to 77 around 6 a.m. Once we get to next week, though, we've got some upper 60s for our morning lows. That's a sign that it's going to be a little bit less humid next week. Still feeling like July and August, but just not as humid and not as hot. So I think when it comes down to it, it's going make a big difference compared to what we see at the end of this week and i think we'll be ready for it <laughs>
0: no kidding Kat. thank you so if you haven't made your weekend plans yet stay with us we're highlighting some of the fun things to do in the triangle area coming up in out and A sucker for that music. Oh, it, it gets, gets me excited. I know it it's almost the weekend. The weekend. <laughs> no, no.
1: Superheroes, food trucks, live music, all mm. on the list of things to do this weekend.
0: WRL Lifestyle editor Kathy Hanrahan is helping you plan with this week's edition of Out and About.
1: Grab your best cosplay and head to the Raleigh Convention Center this weekend for GalaxyCon. The four day pop culture convention features celebrities, vendors, panel discussions, and some amazing costumes. On Saturday, head to City Plaza in downtown Raleigh for the Taste of Soul NC Food Truck Rodeo. The event will feature a variety of food options, plus a bounce house, games, and a DJ. Admission is free. And on Saturday, Counting Crows bring their Banshee season tour to Red Hat Amphitheater in downtown Raleigh. They'll be joined by special guest Dashboard Confessional. These are just a few ways to get out and about this weekend. Kathy Hanrahan, WRAL News.
0: Lots of stuff going on. A massive day for a massive loggerhead sea turtle, uh, appropriately named Behemoth. He was released back into the wild after nearly a year at the NC Aquarium on Roanoke Island. Aww. A large crowd moving this large bubba back into the water.
1: <laughs> Good for you, pal. The aquarium posted these pictures to social media of it all happening behemoth weighs more than 330 pounds he was stranded in august of last year another turtle named frozone mm-hmm. was also released
0: that's from uh, incredibles frozone frozone Good character yeah from, nice yeah, Pixar. Mm-hmm.
1: thank you for joining us and for making wrl your choice for local news uh
0: we got our next newscast 10 o'clock on fox 50 and 11 o'clock on wrl have a great night
3: Keep watching WRAL News over the air, Channel 34 and Spectrum Channel 1257.
1: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
2: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
0: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.